Hello, hello, hello. This is Deontay, a.k.a. Big Sir, here on behalf of another man's foundation. Speaking on the prison pandemic, the coronavirus, on behalf of another chance foundation, we want to be the voice for the community and the prisoner. We need to stay up to date with information and share with those behind bars and the loved ones who care for them. Another chance comes to be the bridge that keeps both parties unified. We must never let prisoners of our country to families in our communities that are impacted by the removal of said love from their free world. We will do our absolute best to keep all informed, and then more than anything, we may stay put up that the two shall pass. And with that being said, I'd like to open this episode up with a word of prayer. Father God, so grateful for another opportunity to come before you. I pray this is a great time uh, for our listeners, Father God, just to um, become more informed about what's going on, but also know things that they could be doing to help the community, prisoners, also families around the world. We love Thank you so much for your guidance. Um, more than anything, Father God, just help us to be secure, knowing that you are in control, Lord. Ultimately, we are safe under your wings, Father God, as long as we know who we believe in and trust in. Father God, we so much for you and your guidance in our lives. May this be a time where we are closer to you and closer to our families as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, it's great to be here with you all tonight. Um, tonight, we'll be, be, be meeting with a woman named Renita, and I'll let her share a little bit more about Herself. She's an amazing woman. She's doing an amazing work and ministry up in New York, and she'll be um, on shortly just to tell you all about all that she's doing. But definitely just want to keep you guys updated on what's going on in the prisons. And, and of course, there are multiple deaths, um, really tons of things happening, and even in the federal prisons up to this point. So we got to stay prayed up for our guys and our, and our women. Um, of course, there is not much protection for them in prison, um, so we have to definitely be well aware um, of what's going on with our loved ones. And so we want to be an advocate for that. If you have any information that you'd like to share on these episodes, man, please let us know. Please get in touch with us. If you have any family members that want to speak or anything like that, please let us know because it's very important that people are informed. Just to, to update you on some information, we got 25 inmates, three staff members at a federal prison in the Azu City, positive for the coronavirus. Um, so, once again, starting the goal, this is in Mississippi. According to the Federal Bureau of Prison, 25 inmates, um, the federal prison of Yazoo City tested positive for the coronavirus. Three staff members tested positive for the virus. Um, kind of goes on to talk a little more in the detail just about but as we see it spreading, again, it's just something that we knew would happen. Um, something that we talked about months ago, hoping that the prisons would, would do something immediately um, just to kind of halt the spread. Um, they didn't, um, and therefore people are paying the price for it. So definitely just being prayers, man, a lot of people are hurting because of this. I mean, of course, the outside world is being infected. I know people who... Um, are getting laid off, and, and, and people are hurt, people are sick. Uh, we definitely don't want to neglect those on the inside who definitely don't have any freedom um, to, to kind of for them to just join and let me plug her in. Hello? Hello? Hi, it's Renita from Spin the Yard. 
Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Good to have you on. Uh, how's your day? Oh, it's been hectic, but I'm here. I'm alive, so it's been great. Yeah. Same, man. It, it was a pretty, pretty day as well. I'm actually still going out to work, trying to build this residential program up, so uh, we're actually still going to be getting guys in May to work with, so that's a blessing. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll really kind of let you open up and just share with everyone a little bit about yourself, um, who you are, who is Renita. Uh, thankful to have you online. I'll, I'll kind of pass over the mic to you for now. So just tell us a little bit about who you are. Um, I'm Renita. I run an organization called Spin the Yard. I do uh, reentry mostly, but I started helping out families also. So I help uh, guys and women that come home, and then I help the families in need too to assist them. Um, mm-hmm. I started this maybe 30 years ago uh, because of my upbringing. I grew up in the system. Um, however, I've had people, I've had what they call the worst of the worst or lifetime criminal help me and help me raise my kids. Um, And so it's my way of giving back. Today has been pretty hectic. Uh, I've been running around to these facilities. uh, You know, the officers don't have the supplies. The inmates don't have the supplies. So I've been trying to get it in there. Um, Right now, Riverhead and Yapank, they're willing to allow me to get material so they actually can sew masks. And make their own mask. It's just pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, They're working. Yeah, you know, I'm working with them, and they're actually working with me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've worked. You know, right now I have a couple of programs that I'm working with, which is uh, releasing aging people from prison. I have the Fathers Initiative program. Um. I have New Hour, which is uh, off uh, off branch from Our Children, which is in the city, New York mm-hmm. City. And, um, you know, we're all coming together collectively and just putting our resources together to see how we can actually help. And that's just the, the main goal. The second part of it is the housing. So housing right. is like a, a big issue right now. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know... I'm working hard on that. So, you guys actually about it. housing in um, job resources and stuff like that? Well, I've been able to start getting job resources. So anybody who has someone who's come home or even, you know, if they've been home for a while, if they give me a call, 631-542-2270, I have a lot of resources right now to get jobs. Great. So, yeah. in you know, which is which is big. Um, yep. the other, if anybody has anything on housing, I'm working on that. You know, but housing is such a big problem, and the system is set up for failure. Absolutely, yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um, Renita, man, I, we. Really appreciate just the work that you're doing there. Um, I just asked you this question: What's your why? What what made you want to get into that kind of work? What made me? Yes, um, ma'am. You know, 
I grew up in the system, and um, I grew up a, a um, I was a juvenile offender, which carried over to me being an adult offender. Um, you know, even after I cleaned up my record, it's going back and repairing the damage. Um, you so we have about twenty to thirty years, especially with the crack epidemic which I played a part in and I have to take responsibility and a lot of people, you know, who has. And, and so you see the damage in the communities now. You have yeah. 20 to 30 years of men and women that were missing. Now opioids is a big deal. And so now it's a medical situation and everybody has a heart and compassion and they want to help opioid. And I'm not saying that it's not. But, you know, crack was a sickness for minority uh, communities. And mm-hmm. it took away it took away for 20, 30 years. And so you see the damage now, you know. And um, after knowing what I've been through and seeing the damage, it was like I have to do something. I have to give back. You know, and you have people coming home from doing 20, 30 years. And time has changed dramatically. So we had people who got caught up, went in in the 80s, and they were using beepers. And now you come home and we're walking around with hand computers, which on our cell phones. And so just to help them transition um, was, you know, and is definitely needed. And so I seen a need there and, and knowing um, knowing where I come from, you know, for a long time I was in denial. I got myself together, and something just wasn't right, and it was because I was suppressing it because America almost has you, like, being ashamed of where you come from. And yeah. so, um, you know, I was I, I was able to work my way up and get the job and go back to school, but I was covering up, like, all all the things I've been through with the clothing, like, I was fine, and I wasn't. You know, and so I couldn't keep that front going. I had to go back and help out. Wow. I know a a, a lot of people um, allow that shame to kind of hinder them from sharing their story. Um, What what do you think motivated you to start sharing yours? Was it that that to to help people? I mean, that's, that's really what you're doing. You're advocate for so many people I imagine yeah um it was just it was the fact that I couldn't hide the shame it was the fact that you know sometimes you got to look at like for me I had my kids young I started off doing certain things selling drugs and my kids even though I tried thought was not exposed them to it they wasn't in the street but they seen that lifestyle And then it was almost like I had to confront myself. So, you know, you have to confront yourself and those demons and look at it like, okay. And I had, I, you know, I had to call my boss one day and say, Hey, my house just got raided and I'm sitting in handcuffs. And even though I got away with certain things, I was going through it all over again. House gets raided. You know, you got to go to court. You got to fight because once they come in your house, you have to get, um, they supposed to seize your house. You know, um, drugs was found in my house. And um, I 
had to go through the procedures. And my son was in criminal court. While he was in criminal court, I actually was in Supreme Court. And so here I'm saying as a regular person now, I'm working, I'm not selling drugs, I'm a regular person now. And I'm saying to the courts, you know, this is they're lying on the paperwork. You know, my yeah. son had some guilty parts of it, but now I'm seeing what's going on as a paying citizen. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're and you see the injustice and you just have to really say, wait, this is just not right altogether. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. What what are you seeing right now in, in the prisons with, with the correctional officers, with the inmates? What are you seeing right now with all this coronavirus stuff going on? Well, you know what? Um, they, don't, they don't see inmates as people. Um, so you you're not getting the inmates are definitely not getting tested unless they're showing symptoms. And um correction officers they're carrying it they're carrying the virus back and forth. And on Rikers alone you've had over six deaths as far as correction officers. And so you got over forty inmates that are sick. Um you know, it has to be accountability because at the end of the day, they're in jail and they're in jail for a lot of them are in there now for minor offenses, and right. but they're getting death sentences right now because hmm. they're in there for minor offenses, but they're in there and they're going to have viruses that are going to give them a death sentence. Um, yeah. You know, I've been fighting in Albany for the last year and a half about uh, releasing some of the aging people that are in prison who have the health issues, who've been caught up under the crack law and stuff like that and should have been released. Um, And we've got the kickback and everybody who had a problem with the, with the, uh, the releasing them now. Um, If you look at the statistics right now, all over the United States, they have been letting people out on the hundreds, and the crime rate has been low. Right. And so it's okay to justify letting them out, and we want them to come out. But the other thing is you're letting them out, and they're homeless. Right. And you're letting them out without um, the proper gear. So like I said today, I actually had to provide masks for correction officers one correction officer told me he was wearing the same mask for a whole week, and it was a reusable, it was a um, disposable mask. So yeah. if you have correction officers who are coming in and out using the same mask for over a week, they're just contaminating the inmates. Right. Uh, one, one thing that you mentioned, uh, how people kind of give you that pushback for released. I was on Facebook not too long ago and, and, and saw that there were a lot of them being released and there was a lot of people on there kind of, you know, being very disrespectful towards not wanting the, the inmates to be out released and, and, and afraid in the sense that, that they would come and I guess wreak having their communities. Um, not really seeing the other side of it, in my opinion. What would you say to a person or people who are 
uh, afraid, I guess, of, of, of an inmate getting released or supposed to it um, without going on like do you have any any words of wisdom to that person who really just doesn't understand what's going on in my opinion yeah i um i i I would like them to just google or look up the statistics because the media plays a big part in it you hear release of inmates and what the laws were being passed and what we were asking was not just to release any inmate we were asking to release minor offenses because they're not getting a chance. You have people because of race or because of color or their situation where they could commit a crime, which if it was still in bubblegum, and end up in jail for six months for yeah. for that crime, um, where you have the big uh, Me Too movement where you had Weinstein. He, he stayed out for how long with women saying over and over that he was, he was raping them, and right. you didn't hear, you know, he was able to provide those millions of dollars to get out. But then you had people who are accused and falsely accused, and um, they don't have any money to get out. So really look at the statistics. I would tell people to look at the statistics yeah. of of what is really being asked. We're not saying if someone is a is a, is a murderer to just let them go. But we are saying those are, there are people who make common mistakes who got mm-hmm. caught for it. And we make common mistakes. It's human error. And a lot of people, I would say to them, look at look at their mistakes. They just haven't got caught for it. Whether it's using a, a license plate from a different state so that they can get a cheaper insurance rate, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They're committing a crime. Yeah. That's a good one right there. Any, any, any words of wisdom to a prisoner? You mentioned they're releasing guys by the hundreds, but they don't have any anywhere to go or anything like that. Any words of wisdom to that prisoner, uh, male or female, that's ready to be released? Like, what should they be preparing to, to have, or should they be reaching out to a certain group, or even you, if they're in New York, to to just prepare themselves to be released? Yeah, I'm um, again if. If they are released, if they can remember or get to me, 631-542-2270. And this is for any state because I don't mind making phone calls. Um, Call me up and say, hey, I was released. You know, give me a contact number or a number that I can call back or maybe the nearest relative that that you trust. And I will try my best to help you out in the situation that you're in. You know, if it's housing or, you know, job-related, just give me a call. You know, there's advocates out here, and we're in, there are people who genuinely just want to help. What, what any, any any words to the the family member that's um, worried about their loved one? Is there anything that they could be doing to, to I guess, reach out to the warden or anybody to get some information, you know? their loved one may be being protected at this time. Yeah, you know, keep calling those jails. And also, you know, there are I just read on change.org. Also, on go on these websites because you can start your own petition. You wow. can start your own petition and get those signatures and get out there and advocate. It's not it's the best thing is to advocate and they and 
these legislators, assembly people, they can't they need to hear from the actual people. They need to be able to put a face and when you say I'm concerned about my loved one, you know. And I think a lot of times we are scared to speak up. Don't be mm. afraid to speak up. Yeah. Renita, man, I, I really appreciate you coming I think you shared a ton of great information. Is there anything else that you would like to share to the audience of how people can support your ministry or how people uh, can contact you? I know you share your number multiple times. Is there an email, Facebook page, or anything like that? Um, for people to reach out to you? Yeah, um, you can get me on spendtheyard.com. You can get me on Spend the Yard on Facebook. Um, Spend the Yard Boutique, I, I'm there. I donate. Um, spendtheyard at gmail.com. You know, we're here, and like I said, I will find resources. Challenge me. I'm always up for a challenge. Um, I walk with God, so um, my biggest thing is I got faith. I don't believe that it's not anything that we can't conquer. We're right. we're better off in numbers, you know, and I'm just here for the people. You know, Absolutely. when I look at the percentage rate, especially in New York City, you know, when we got 20% of prison population, um, especially that are older, it's it's a lot of people who should be home. It's a lot yeah. of uh, youth who I just feel like they are smart, but we just are not channeling them in the right direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. I tell everybody reach out to me. Again, I'm Spin the Yard. Uh, Spin the Yard at Gmail, 631-542-2270. I want to thank you, though, and I want to commend you for the work that you're doing. Yes, ma'am. You know? I definitely appreciate you, and it, it, it really takes it really takes people like us working together, man. For you people who get to hear this and and, and hear her heart, I mean, hear our passion to help people. Uh, we need it. People need hope. People need guidance. People need help. And, and be willing to sacrifice time, maybe sacrifice finances, um, connect with people, be a bridge to, to bring people together. It's people all over this world that are advocating for. Once we start working together, we can have a bigger impact. Um, it's not about battling somebody. It's about uniting, and that's what we want to do. So, Renee, once again, just thank you for your time and our invitation. I pray that so many people reach out to you just for help. That God blesses you with every resource you need to, to be that help. Uh, I do want to thank you for your time. Okay, thank you. You have a great one. You too. Good night. Good night. Great call uh, once again, man. Just thank you all for listening. I, I hope that really helped you, helped me out a lot to hear from another woman, another soldier of faith out there doing great work. I just want to end this time with a word of prayer. Once again, man, we would love for you guys to reach out to us. If there is anybody that you want to have on this show, um, anybody you want us to talk about on here or just get worried out, get their information out, please reach out to us. Uh, man, I'll just end this time with a word of prayer and just for all who listen. Father God, I'm just so grateful for you. I'm thankful for this time with Miss Renita. I pray that you bless her ministry, Lord. Um, bless us all, Father God, as we seek to help and serve and be a light to the world. Be hope. Uh, I pray that people come to know you, Lord. Come to know you and just live you and, and love like you love and live like you live. I 
imagine what doing during a time like this. And I know he'd be serving. Um, he'd be finding some way to serve, some way to heal, some way to impact lives, Father God. And I pray that that's our mission. Be with the prisoners, Father God, who, who feel hopeless and, and don't have life, Father God. Bring them peace. Be with the families who feel hopeless for the inmates, Father God. Bring them peace. Let them know that you're in control, Father God. Father, above the world, life for healing. Um, I pray for financial relief. Thank you so much, Father, that you're in control in the day. May we all relax on you and continue to live in a way that is worthy of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all bless.